your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand off the middle, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is a game day Saturday. We've only got one more of these all season. This is it. Next week is a game day Friday, so we're your big Iowa reaction show. This is it for Saturday football for Nebraska this season, Caleb. It, it is. It you came and went fast. You are going to get, by the way, programming note for this next weekend. Yeah, wow. Um, so you will still have your Friday Husker tailgate mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. That'll go from 6 up to 8.30. We're going to change some things up in that 8 o'clock hour, probably take out opposition disposition. I know some people were scared with Jack's um, dramatic readings of fight songs. That won't happen this next week, so you won't get that for whatever Iowa's fight song is. Jack Poetry Jam. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> um, so we'll take that right up to 8.30. Then you'll get into the pregame for Iowa and Nebraska football on Black Friday. And then obviously on Saturday, we'll be back here. And I do not think we're, we're not preempted a whole lot for nope. basketball. Nope. <laughs> Do- doesn't usually happen that way. Basketball's a little bit further into the day, thankfully. So, so. You, you get us going And less of a pregame now. show, as it were. Much yeah. less of a pregame no, show. No, I don't know. I kind of want I want KP for four hours, if we I could. mean, I would love it. If, if we they could. They, they don't give us KP for four hours. <laughs> and as many basketball games as there are, that would be a lot of KP. But you can't get too much KP. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the sport that KP calls. That's uh, Husker Hoops. Uh, they had a couple of games... This week, one of them was a win. That was last night. The other was not, and uh, they lost in more ways than one. Uh, we'll run down the Creighton fallout uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we'll do that with Jimmy Watkins, who will make his uh, maiden voyage, his debut appearance here on the KLI and Husker Hour. He's the Husker basketball beat writer for the Omaha World Herald, covers football for them as well. And So uh, we will uh, have Jimmy on a little bit later to talk about football and basketball. Uh, we've got... Some things to get to with volleyball, and, and uh, they, they had their senior night last night, swept Penn State, dream crush season. Senior nights are going to be weird for the next few years. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of ambiguity, and we'll, we'll get to that as well. And, and there's ambiguity with the football side, too, uh, except for JoJo Doman. We know that he's played his last snaps. Uh, we know that Ben Stilley, the safeties, Dismuke and, and Williams, they they will be playing their last snaps these last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't see Levi Falk uh, able to return to a Husker uniform again, but or Samari Toure, Samari Toure as well, right? So, that, so just that, about everybody else can come back, right? That's it for those without a decision to make. Yeah. There are a lot of decisions to be made. Yes. And, uh, yeah. De- <laughs> definitely. And and there are some decisions that have been made, and and we already obviously detailed those last weekend because that 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 bye week was was kind of when we figured out all the okay what's going to happen with Scott Frost. They're they're short for offensive assistance now. I feel like Caleb, we just spent an entire couple of weeks just like exhaling collectively because we had this kind of hanging over the program after. I feel like it was after. The, the Minnesota and Purdue games with the bye week mixed in there mm-hmm. that 
you, you rattled off all these close losses, all these great performances against top ten teams, but then you you kind of lay a couple of duds against uh, some teams that some you know some folks thought Nebraska was going to win. They were favored, and and so that was kind of hanging over, and then. We just kind of had this, that speculation was ended after the Ohio State game, and we all know what's going to happen now in terms of 2022. We don't know the offensive staff yet. We don't know what the defensive staff maybe will change to as well if some of those guys maybe look elsewhere. Um, and, and we've got a lot of roster turnover to, sh- to sift through, as, as you pointed out, with, with not sure, not really knowing who's going to come back, who's eligible to come back. I would expect those decisions, by the way, to happen during December. That's not something that's right. going to stretch into the spring. I, I would agree with that. Uh, because not not just for those players on, if their decision is to move on, they need to start doing prep immediately for combine, for pro day, yeah. for everything that they're going to need to be doing, which is different than getting ready for spring practice, spring football, the, the spring game, everything that you would do to get ready for basically an off-season as opposed to a job interview. Mm-hmm. So that, And then on the other side, the coaching staff needs to know, because it's a symbiotic relationship, those players need to know what they need to be doing, whether they're staying or going, and the coaching staff needs to know, do I need to try and replace you with the portal? Do I, I need to know what I have coming back this next year. So those sides are going to have conversations, um, but they're they're working together in tandem for those because there's there's pros and cons for each one of the players on whether they go or stay, but it has an impact both on them personally and the team going forward. Yeah, no, it absolutely does, and the 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 exhaling thing that that I mentioned. It's, it's I wonder what this team is going to look like today in terms of. I, I don't know if you're going to see scheme changes. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of different scheme. I think you're probably got what you got at this point, but you might see a trick player too, maybe, you know, throw a little throw a little stuff at, at the wall and, and, and see what can maybe get by Wisconsin's right. defense or, or um you might see some different personnel you for, for the first time in, in more of a significant way. You might see some of those young receivers get a few more snaps so you know. We're gonna see Isaac got. Gifford get some run. You will definitely see plenty of Isaac Gifford in that JoJo nickel D B uh, outside linebacker hybrid spot uh, as, as he as he kind of morphed into a full time defensive back this season away from the outside linebacker. Got a couple picks for it, so yeah, yeah, including one with a torn ligament in his finger. But, you know, um, so and and then I think the biggest thing that you might see different, not just the stuff on the field in terms of the schemes and the trick plays and the personnel changes that you might have. Uh, I want to see how motivated this team comes out because I, you could you could see it going one of two ways. You could you could kind of see, hey, we have a little bit of a sense of relief. We we aren't going to be having to play for our coach's job. We know that he's coming back next year, and so that might cause a little bit more of like I don't know relaxation. You might see uh, a, a little bit less intensity because they're they're not playing with that type of edge uh, as and as there are some before. folks saying that that's why you take Wisconsin minus the nine because the wheels are coming yep. off on a program and I can see that but also the other side is does the team just play free right do, do they just come out and say well this isn't a referendum game on anything mm-hmm. although by the way Nebraska can still make a bowl game guys. Just, it's, it's a non-zero chance, but it's, it's that's still true, yeah. it's still there. That would um, that would involve winning the having the best two wins of Scott Frost's tenure back to back weeks, not just seven days apart, six days apart with a third with a Saturday and then a Friday. 
Um, and then, you know, hoping the APR math works in your favor right. as well. Um, but, like, that's still a possibility. It's, right. it's still out there. Right. That's not at the forefront of their minds, I don't think. Right. I think it's just, go see what you can do against Wisconsin. And but, this is a Wisconsin team that's playing as well as they have all season. Yes. You had Graham Mertz start off the year where they wanted him to be really Russell Wilson and more passy. Um, but they've re- they've reeled that in. Um, he's only got three interceptions, I think, in his last six games. Um, he's got more touchdowns through the air. He's got more touchdowns on the ground than he does interceptions. So he is playing the game management role that this Wisconsin team needs him to play. Um, and obviously they're going to be physical on both sides of the ball, and they're just going to take care of it on offense. So can you take care of your opportunities if you were in Nebraska today? Um, I saw a stat this week. I brought it up on the tailgate yesterday. There are two programs in the country that are in the top ten nationally in explosive plays on offense and limiting explosive plays on defense. They're Ohio State and Nebraska. Yeah, one's one's in the playoff picture and one is three and seven. Yeah, that's it. So if you're in Nebraska today, obviously limit those big plays. Yeah. Um, and Wisconsin has gashed you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we just immediately thinking Wisconsin, I go right back to the the uh, Big Ten title game where it was like, oh, just rushing records. That's fun. Um, but you want to have explosive plays on offense, but you also don't want to have. <laughs> two-play drives, and now your defense is just getting worn out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be a balance. You obviously want the points, but you don't want your defense getting so worn out that they're not there for you in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do schematically for Scott Frost's offense? They've not gone fast like like they they did when they first started here mm-hmm. You know, four years ago. They've, they've kind of reined in the tempo and just kind of used it as a uh, as a periodic weapon you know that you'll see it sometimes kind of as a change up not as your fastball uh, but to, but back to the point on you know whether or not this team comes out a little bit lax or, or just a little bit free man I trying to explain how these close losses kept happening earlier in the season I feel like we all kind of landed on what else could it be if not something mental you know like they're they have the statistical not i mean not greatness but they're they're very high up in a lot of statistical categories like the computers love them the advanced stuff nebraska is real high up there and they do not have an expected three and seven record to come out of stats like that like that's it's extremely unlikely that they would come out with a three and seven record based on the statistics that they put up uh so they're obviously talented enough they're obviously skilled enough to to put put out there what the coaches are are coaching them to do and and execute. I think I think the mental side of it is what we maybe could see flip in these last two games. Either it's you know it maybe goes bad, but it it could go good as well. Like you could see them, like you said, kind of play free, play loose. Uh, that burden is off of them, and those guys can just go do their do their stuff with. A little bit less to worry about. Um, I kind of liken it to you know you're you're trying so hard to not make a mistake because you don't want to get pulled out of the game Mm -hmm. if you do make a mistake that you go tentative so much and you're not as effective. You're still getting to the ball. Like if you're a linebacker, for instance, you're not hitting the hole as soon as you see it. 
you're you're hesitating, and so it's costing you two, three, five yards every time because that back is already through the hole. He's got more momentum, and he's knocking you down instead of you knocking him down. That's the difference that you could see today. You could see that edge either go away from these guys, or you could see it come back. Mm-hmm. And if it turns in that direction, and you see more of the same where Nebraska's played up to their competition. I know they've played down as well, but you could see them play up to the level of Wisconsin these last few mm-hmm. weeks. And they've seen different offenses this year. Wisconsin's really committed to running the ball, and that is kind of a strength of Nebraska's defense in terms of stopping the run. So it's a little bit strength on strength in that regard. And it's just, you know, obviously the special teams is going to be a factor, and that kind of makes you shiver if you're a Husker fan. Um, and then the other side of the ball, too, with Nebraska's offense having to go against a really stout Wisconsin defense with the pass rush off the edge that they're always known to do. Um, I mean, the matchups with Wisconsin are always similar because Wisconsin's a very established program and they have that identity. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I really do think that you could see a pretty free and loose team coming out, like you said, to where they are going to just let her rip because there's not that pressure to win or else anymore. Mm-hmm. Not for these last two games. The mental stuff all season has confused me um, because you have within your own program, although yes, he, he's not out there on the sidelines and he can't really be um, out there contact with coaches, but what you do have within your program away from the field is Ron Brown. Mm-hmm who is, is a, as great a motivator and has been here in different capacities over the last 30 years, 30-plus 30 years. Um, to me, that alone should take care of just about anything you have going on on the mental side of the game of football, um, especially because of the way he's able to um, relate to folks spiritually. Mm. Like That takes care of so much. Um, but, and we've talked with, with the folks over there in that department before here at KLIN, but the sports psych people. Nebraska is as well taken care of as any school in the country um, with what they're able to do on the sports side of things. Um, I know he's not doing stuff with them anymore right now. I don't believe so, but uh, Jack Riggins, commander, who's on Drive Time Lincoln, he's worked with the leadership and kind of what to do with the mental side of stress and being in those types of competitive situations before with programs. He works with Creighton right now. Nebraska has every resource for that to not be an issue. But that has 100% been an issue <laughs> in in every one of those close games. So that, that, to me, has been so baffling that when you have all of the resources and you have the people that are trained up to do this type of thing, that it's still an issue within your program. I hope when you get to the offseason, and, and some of it being, we know some of it's been play calling as well, and that you can't do anything with that as a player if, if they call for a field goal, um, and, and you're an offensive player and the, and the specialist misses, but the specialists, they, they should have their own sports psychology person out there just taking them through everything, yeah. um, whether it's actual reps or mental reps. Um, there's so much you can do on the mental side of football. And we talk about offense, defense, special teams, What's happening between the ears has got to be right up there uh, as well. I hope that's something that's a little bit freer going into today and then obviously uh, uh, um, in six days against Iowa. But that's going to be one of my big things during the offseason if you're looking at how much is the sports psychology department um, involved with this football team. Yeah, and, and the other the other part of it is you've had a bye again, and they've had one bye this year. How did they spend it? 
it, it didn't work coming out because they lost again after it. Is this, you know, something that they've learned something from as well with that extra week off? Maybe they prepare differently too. Like there's a lot of those factors will, will come into play today, I'm sure. Um, that's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. We've got Jimmy Watkins coming up from the Omaha World Herald talking football and basketball uh, and plenty more where we uh, where we got that uh, from. That's all ahead here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning, getting you ready for Nebraska, Wisconsin. That's a 2.30 kickoff, so pregame right here. On KLIN at 10.30, we got a, a little bit of half-hour programming to sneak in between our show and, and 10.30, right? Yeah, we'll have a little best of LNK today. Earlier this week, Jack Mitchell and I caught up with AD Trev Albert, mm-hmm. so you'll get that replay in there as well as our picks from the uh, Friday Husker tailgate yesterday. I'm closing in on Brendan. Are Brent, you Brent, Brendan Stye has been running away with this, but I am closing in. I've been making up ground. I am not only am I not in last, I'm in second. Jack Mitchell's in last. Um, Jessica Cootie, I think, is still participating. She hasn't been here the last couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see if you catch him. We'll I see. don't think I'm going to, but you'll hear those picks yeah. uh, right after a replay of our chat with uh, Trev Alberts. That'll be best of LNK today right after Husker Hour coming up in the uh, top of the hour. Yeah, and of course, uh, today, the, the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, you're going to have uh, the, the first game with a new offensive staff, uh, their, their first foray into uh, a game atmosphere and uh, making his first foray into our show, joining us on the KLIN Husker Hour. For the first time, Jimmy Watkins joins us uh, from the Omaha World Herald, covers basketball and football and uh, probably something else, too. Uh, Jimmy, thanks a lot for the time this morning. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you? We are doing well, getting ready for uh, uh, the last football Saturday for Nebraska this season. It's, it's gone fast. Indeed, it has. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sitting out here at the corner of uh, 33rd No Street at a coffee shop because I don't trust my own Wi-Fi. That's how my morning's going. <laughs> That's fair. We appreciate you getting your reliable Wi-Fi game going, uh, regardless of how cold you may be outside. I hope you're staying warm. Um, it, not not sure what the weather will be like out in in Madison, but I think that may be the least of Nebraska's worries uh, with a, a Badger team that's kind of found themselves the last few weeks uh, and, and Caleb and I were just talking about kind of the mental side of how Nebraska has been approaching and, and maybe they've flipped their approach with, with the, the frost thing settled now it, what have we heard from coaches and players this week in terms of how their mentality may be heading into these last two weeks with that question of Scott Frost's future lifted for 2022 well, Scott's talked about all season how this is a team that that is not not a, not a team that's going to quit. They're a team that um, is going to stick together no matter what. I think these last two games are the ultimate tests of that of that notion because, I mean, really, yes, they can be they can say they're really excited to go after these rivalry trophies, but there's not a whole lot left for these guys to be playing for except for pride. So this is kind of one of those cliche football things where it's like, what are you made of? How much man are you? Especially against Wisconsin, who's going to run the ball right at you. That's a that's a pride thing. That's a dig deep and and grab some guts that's what today is all about i'm glad i'm glad you uh chose guts for the word you went with on that one um when when we look at guys playing for pride also playing for possibly a position next season uh what, what are you expecting to see from the, the the running backs today because feels like every week or most of the weeks this year it's really up in the air 
This is not a very insidery answer of me, but I have no idea <laughs> what to expect from the running backs because Nebraska hasn't really known what to expect from its running backs all year either, right? I mean, like, Ramir Johnson is, is banged up a little bit. Jacquez Yance seems like they want him to be that guy to, to fill in the shoes, and maybe he could have he could have even been the number one guy. He's been When he's been in there, I think he's been the most efficient runner. He's looked like the guy that defenses should be the most afraid of, but then he'll go the wrong way on a handoff or he'll trip and fall at the goal line like he did at, at Minnesota. And, you know, behind him, Savion Morrison's in the portal. So maybe we do get to see some some fresh blood today because that position has been, like you guys said, up in the air. And I don't, I don't think that's entirely those guys' fault. Um, I think we all know that the offensive line's been a little bit shaky this mm. season. And, and Nebraska seems pretty content to abandon that run game as soon as they get behind. They've, every time Nebraska uh, has a has a short or a, a small amount of run production in the second half, you hear a lot from the players about how, well, you know, when you're behind, it's hard to run the ball. And it's like, that's true to a certain extent, but in some of these games, as we've talked about ad nauseum, these are very close games. So that, that I don't think that should change the game script up that much, and that's maybe something that, that they should look to next year is in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Minnesota, these teams who maybe can't stack up with the Ohio State talent-wise, they can hang around – in the Big Ten because they can run the ball, they're committed to it, and they can hog the ball. So that's probably something that, that they want to look at going forward in terms of uh, tweaking the strategy. The Husker Insider with all the answers. Jimmy Watkins <laughs> joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, defensively, it seems like a div- an even matchup for Nebraska. You've got uh, a really solid Black Shirts core, uh, minus JoJo Doman, of course. Uh, but but they've been really good at stopping the run, and this is going to be obviously a run-heavy attack from Wisconsin. The way that they the way that they want to attack a defense maybe plays to Nebraska's strength. You would think that. As they've been all season, as you pointed out, it could be another close game. Uh, knowing where JoJo Doman's impact has been all season long uh, and how much uh, of a factor he was, especially against Ohio State, how do you feel like the defense could adapt to life without him, uh, even though it's not a pass-happy team, it is more of a run-heavy team? Are they going to change personnel? Is it just going to be a lot of Isaac Gifford in the same packages? What, what do you see schematically? Yeah, they've said that they've, the uh, the JoJo Doman replacement will depend on what they're seeing personal package-wise from, from other teams. Isaac Gifford will probably be the guy you see the most. Um, but I think more, this game is more going to be about those four guys in the middle and Luke Reimer and <laughs> Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich, as it has been all year. Wisconsin's going to run the ball right at Nebraska. And while, while Nebraska has defended the run well on paper, They've also sort of played into the hands of teams like Wisconsin, who like to stay committed to the run game. You know, Minnesota and Purdue. Purdue's not known for its run game, but it still held the ball for 38 minutes against Nebraska, despite averaging, I believe, less than four yards per carry. So Nebraska's defense isn't going to give... And we lost Jimmy. All right. We'll see if we can get him back here. Yeah, to, to his point, as he was talking about that, that old reliable cafe Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I hate to, I hate to think what he, what he thought of his home Wi-Fi. Um, in terms of that offensive matchup for you know Wisconsin, when Wisconsin's got the ball and Nebraska's defense is on the field, the the way that Nebraska attacks, I think, will be interesting because I don't know that you'll just see. You know, uh, just straight replacing Isaac Gifford in, in spots of JoJo Doman. You could see a couple more 
uh, instances where an extra D lineman's out there. Mm-hmm. You might see an mm-hmm. extra linebacker out there. Um, you, you've got Caleb Tanner, Feldarius Payne, and um, the other outside linebacker escapes me. The one, uh, why am I not thinking of who that is? Um, they, they've been able to get those guys rotated, those three, mm-hmm. and JoJo's out, been, been out as a DB this whole season pretty much. And so you could see all three of those guys out on the field and just get five linebackers in, in some of those looks. But his point on Purdue and Minnesota kind of taking over with their run games, too, that's something that you fear as well. Yeah, and that, that was something that I kind of thought going in. When, when you lose a guy like JoJo, that's not a guy that you replace necessarily with one guy. That, that that's a guy that it, it becomes dependent on what the offense is doing. If, if they're going to be more run heavy, and this may have been the scheme coming into this game anyway, that JoJo is a, a guy great in pursuit and and he can go hit guys, but they may have wanted some bigger bodies out there anyway. Right. So so this these last two matchups may not have necessarily fit the skill set for JoJo Doman yeah. anyway. Yeah, J- Jimmy Watkins back with us here. Uh, finish your thought on on how Purdue and, and Minnesota have kind of uh, taken it to Nebraska's run defense uh, in, in matchups where you thought they would be advantageous to Nebraska. Yeah, sorry guys, <clears throat> I was so busy preparing for Wi-Fi that I did not account for the fact that my laptop was going to die on forty seven percent. Anyways, anyways, yeah, the, Nebraska has been sort of a bend don't break defense all year long. And that's how these teams like Purdue and Minnesota have been able to keep that defense on the field. So again, while while Nebraska has done well defending the run on paper, I do think Nebraska sort of plays into Wisconsin's hands uh, in that they can, Wisconsin maybe won't rack up its best rushing total of the season today, but they'll get what they want to get accomplished on offense, which is minimize Graham Hertz's impact on the game. I think they've gone seven straight games without throwing the ball more than 23 times, and they've won six of those games. No coincidence there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a situation where Nebraska might be able to keep the score low, but they're putting a lot of pressure on that offense by staying on the field that long. All right, Jimmy, I need you to reach deep inside and tell me what your heart says on this one. I know Frost has talked about how the Wisconsin defense is really disciplined, and he says you're not going to go too far away and get too fancy with some stuff. But we've got to see some trick plays, right? There's got to be a fake pun out there. We've got to see a fake field goal. Connor Culp's going to run onto the field and throw a touchdown. What We've got to see something today, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like it's that kind of uh, portion of the season, right? <laughs> they got to be in screw-it mode. You three and seven, you got two games left. You're playing with some new guys in the uh, offensive coaching room. Why not have a little fun and... Nebraska likes to have big plays. That's one of the few things this offense does well is generate big plays. I think Wisconsin's defense has only allowed 500 yards in a game twice since 2018. Uh, Nebraska did it one of those times in 2018. And then in 2019, I think they got really close with 493 yards. So, yeah, I think that there's some of their core stuff works against Wisconsin, but why not, man? You haven't beaten this team since Frost has been here, it's been six straight years, I believe, or six straight losses to Wisconsin overall. Try something different. Jimmy Watkins from the Omaha World Herald uh, covers football and basketball for them. Uh, let's switch gears to hoops. Uh, we we saw Nebraska get back on the winning track last night against Idaho State. Tough loss against Creighton in more ways than one. Lose the game and lose Trey McGowan's. Uh, there was an interesting 
uh, maybe maybe shift in in Fred Hoiberg's mindset in terms of uh, who may be running this offense going forward because Alonzo Verge still struggled with his shot selection. You saw Kobe Webster play a lot more minutes, more minutes than anybody on the team last night. Is solving some of the offense's problems as simple as getting Alonzo Verge to improve his shot selection and learn to be more pass first? Or, or could we be looking at just a shift to Kobe Webster overall running the point? I like the way you put that. Struggled with his shot selection. That's an that's an interesting <laughs> way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and on one hand, yeah, it is that simple. If Alonzo Verge did uh, stop struggling struggling with his shot selection, the offense might look a lot better. On the other hand, as we've seen, that might not be so simple. Um, Hoiberg had a one on one film session with Verge on Sunday after the Sam Houston State game. I thought last week, Verge. Verge did a lot of, it was a lot of hero ball. I mean, it was all hero ball against Western Illinois. Yeah. It was a lot of the same against Sam Houston State. He's looked better this week, but I mean, to start the game against Creighton, that's right off that film session. He just came out and started doing the same exact stuff, and that's that's really hard for me to wrap my head around. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think Fred's show, telling us that if we have to, if Nebraska has to go to Kobe Webster at point guard, if that's what it takes to either drill it into Alonzo Verge's head that that he needs to, to straighten that up, or that's just how the offense has to work going forward. He's willing to try that, but I tweeted this out last night. I still think the best chance this team has to reach its ceiling is Alonzo finding his way as the distributor because he's a better perimeter defender than Kobe. When you have Kobe out there, you might you might grease the wheels of the offense a little bit better. You might be gre- greasing the other team's offense a little bit as well. He's just undersized and doesn't have the same um, I don't think he's as quick as Alonzo Verge. I don't think he has, he's Alonzo Verge, and this is not a shot against Kobe. Alonzo has great hands, and Kobe doesn't have that same reaction time. Alonzo, I think he, he's grabbed at least two steals mm-hmm. in, I know, two of the games, I think three of the games so far. He's got he's just got great reaction time that way, so he can make an impact on the defensive end as well. And he's a great scorer, and Kobe is Kobe can fill it up as well, but not to the same level. When you have a guy who's your distributor, who has that? Who has the same threats to score the ball as well as he as he has to pass it? It's just a different level. Verge Verge is the key to unlocking Nebraska's ceiling, but you might say that if he continues the way he's he's going right now, Kobe might give him a higher floor. Yeah, and that, that's something that that I've been thinking about. I wrote about it earlier this week as well. That I like this team best when Verge is at point guard. What also hinders this team has been Verge at point guard through the first three, because through the first three games he was averaging 17 shots a game. That's not ne- that's not necessarily what you want. He was down to 10 last night, but his minutes have also been down. I think this team is best if Verge is getting five to eight shots up in his in specific situations, but he tries to go get double digit assists and get everyone involved. Yeah, Caleb, this man was using 37 percent of Nebraska's possessions entering <laughs> last night. That's like Russell Westbrook 2016 levels of usage, and that's not that's just not where you want to be. And to and to be fair to Alonzo, some of that is this roster doesn't have a lot of options if it's not him. Like after Kobe Webster, you know it's it's great that it's working out for Kobe running the offense right now. But if it doesn't, or if it if it didn't before this week, and if it doesn't going forward, and it doesn't work out with Alonzo as the primary creator, we're looking at Bryce McGowan's. And then I'm not really sure. Like, Wilhelm Breidenbach can do some stuff from the elbow, but as in terms of a guy who can run a pick and roll, there are not a ton of guys on this team. So they kind of need Alonzo to, to straighten it out just in terms of <laughs> they, 
they're relying so much on him because they kind of have to. And he, I think he ranked seventh in the country in terms of usage um, entering last night. And that's just, he has to, when, when your offense relies so much on you to produce that, everything in, in, in a word, you have to be, that's a lot of responsibility and you have to handle that with the, uh, with, with the care that it, that it requires. I just want Walker and Andre running pick and rolls <laughs> together. Hey, yeah. Lat, Lat and Derek were ran. A, I don't know. They ran one pick and roll, and then yeah. they had another, a couple other nice high low moments last night. Lat was slinging some dimes last night. I was impressed by that. He was. He was. Well, um, we are looking forward to, to having you back on uh, to, to talk hoops uh, later on this season, uh, as as you'll be covering for the World Herald. And honestly, uh, struggles with your you know electronic power maintenance aside, I, I think your <laughs> I think your first appearance here on the show went very well. Jimmy Watkins from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. I appreciate the patience, guys. Let's see how that running back situation unfolds today. <laughs> yes, we'll all be watching. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, no, it, he's he's right about the Verge stuff because it it seems like if he gets it right, that's gonna that's gonna lead to pretty good things for the mm-hmm. offense, and it might help get some other guys going more. If you if you get Verge and Kase on the on the floor at once, yeah, you get Verge drive the lane, kick out to an open Kase. Maybe you get that guy going finally because he he finally got some stuff last night too. I, I, mm-hmm. We're gonna hit more on basketball, but it, there's a lot of lot more you can get from Verge in the positive. Yeah, I, like I said, I really like him at point guard. You just gotta have that mentality switch to being more of a distributor um, instead of having to be the guy. Because um, he's had to be the guy in the past. Yeah. Um, I just hope that's something that that they're really working on uh, there. But yeah, more Nebraska ball, more women's hoops. Four and zero, big mm-hmm. win over Creighton. Somebody beat Creighton this week. Hey. Also, volleyball had senior night. It's not tonight. Nope. That match called off. We'll get into that as well. Yep. Hey, I'm. You know, I'm going to use that struggle with shot selection. Uh, process a little bit more in my my daily language. My kids struggle with their behavioral control. Uh, maybe my wife's struggling with her financial discipline. You know, instead of coming right out and saying stuff. Maybe Adrian Martinez struggled with target selection. You know what? Yeah, we we can keep this going. <laughs> no, we'll, that was disrespectful. I'm sorry. We'll do more of that <laughs> when we come back here on the KLN Husker Hour. Stick with us. Inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Jimmy Watkins. Joined us in the last segment. Uh, if you missed that or anything else on the show this week or any week, head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can also check out the Facebook Live all the time. Right now, we're live at KLIN Huskers. Uh, we're at KLIN Huskers on Twitter as well. I'm Cole Stugenholtz. That's Caleb Henry. Kenny Larrabee is running that Facebook Live for us and so much more here at the station. We appreciate him very much. Um, and, and Caleb, back to the Nebraska ball discussion we wrapped up with Jimmy. Um, Nebraska ball does win handily last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of needed the spark from the bench to kind of figure it out. Uh, the Idaho State's largest lead was three at twelve to nine, and that was when Hoiberg brought four guys off the bench. Uh, you had a lot of Wilhelm. He had a couple threes from the top of the key. Mm-hmm. C.J. Wilcher got a couple of first half threes. Casey got the crowd going a couple times, in, including a like flying from one side of the baseline to the other, falling to the ground, reverse layup. Um, and and you had Kobe Webster kind of 
running the offense maybe a little bit, uh, especially at the start of the second half with Alonzo Verge taking an ill-advised shot, Hoiberg subbing him out immediately, mm-hmm. uh, and then not having him come back in until there were like eight, nine minutes to go. Yeah, he had, that, that leash has gotten shorter for Verge, and I think he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, going a little bit more distributor instead of scorer and picking his spots. I hope he does, because I think it makes him a better player and it makes his offense better as well, um, although his scoring numbers will be lower. The team, I think, could get more wins. But what, what, what was the common theme in what you just said over what happened last night and what happened against Creighton mm-hmm. and what happened in the team's first win? Someone or a group of someone's off the bench had to spark the team. Yeah, You had Eduardo Andre in their first win. You had Kobe Webster against Creighton get them back into the game. Um, unlocked God mode. <laughs> for, for for a stretch there. And then he had a heat check late in the half, and every one of us up there in the media section said, I would have absolutely shot that too if I was feeling as good as he was and looked at the clock and said, oh, we can two for one? Let's let it rip. Um, and then you needed the bench to spark the team last night. Yeah. To me, that says your starters have to bring more energy. Your, your starters have to not get you in a position that you need that spark off the bench. That spark off the bench should put you over the top. It shouldn't be what gets you back into a game and gives you a chance. And that's really what it's been. You've needed the bench just to get you back into the game. And then, yeah, the starters will still get some stuff done. And Bryce McGowans will, will get some stuff done. And um, Trey before he was hurt. But you need those starters to be more of their own self-reliant energy boost than needing guys off the bench. I know it's more than just the five guys that are out there to start, but I think you get that if Verge is more of a distributor. You get that with Lat on the floor hitting shots early and often. Um, You get that with Derek Walker moving some guys around and and going after rebounds. Keon Edwards, who, who got the start, I like him out there. I just want him to be more energetic when he's out there. there. There were times it looked a little lagging. Do you want to know his stat line from last night? Yeah. I'll give you all of his numbers across the entire stat sheet. 15 minutes, two points on one of one shooting, and one foul. He just didn't impact the game anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, he his plus-minus was fine, but it was other guys doing the work. Uh, not to say that he wasn't working out there, but they just didn't rely on him as a scorer. Uh, he was not an on-the-ball defender a whole lot. And, I want and him grabbing rebounds. Right. He, he, That's he what he's out there for. Yeah, he could definitely be a rebounder. But Nebraska did actually draw even on rebounding. They didn't lose the rebounding battle for the right. first time this season. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about the rebounding as a lot of folks are. I'm concerned about guys getting rebounds and no one being around as they get second-chance yeah. points. Um, I'm, I'm more concerned about... Especially if you've got a guy like Keon Edwards, I want him crashing the offensive board, even if everyone else gets back. Because what we saw against Creighton was any missed shot was a live ball turnover. They turned that into their transition game so well, and Nebraska's transition defense wasn't good enough to defend it. And that's what let Creighton get up by far enough that they could really play even the rest of the way. If you think about that, Nebraska won three-quarters of the game on Tuesday against Creighton. And lost. Because they were down 29-10. to 10. Yeah, because they had a 19-point deficit from the what would have been the first quarter. Yep, yep. Like, yeah. you, you can't get in that situation. Yeah, and, and obviously, the the loss of Trey McGowan stemmed from, from that game as well. But they, 
I mean, they wouldn't have known the extent of his injury when they were on that that blazing hot second mm-hmm. quarter, if you will, run uh, when they cut that lead back down and almost took the lead by halftime. Uh, they just couldn't quite get over the hump. But that's the next step. Is Trey McGowan's is is the guy that you could you know maybe lean on at times if your starting group wasn't. Uh, you know, bringing the energy right away. He's mm-hmm. he's the guy that you can uh, rely on for that. He's played more games in a Husker uniform than anybody else on this roster. Mm-hmm. This this was his first game yesterday, uh, the first game of of the last two seasons without Trey McGowan's on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so that is going to be something to watch over these next couple of games uh, against Southern and then Tennessee State, where lesser competition. Um, Southern seems seems like they may be a little bit more of a tough test than than Idaho State was. Um, that's coming up tomorrow, but Trey McGowan's loss is is going to have to translate to somebody taking the leadership role on the floor. He can still bark from the sidelines, and Hoiberg said he was the loudest dude on the sidelines last night. Yeah, um, but you got to have uh, Derek Walker can do it to a certain extent, but he's he's the guy in the middle. He's not uh, he's not ball dominant. So it's got to be a guy like Verge. It's got to be a guy like Kobe if he gets in off the bench um, or or end up starting. It's got to be somebody who who is going to handle the ball more. I think who's going to have to to make that 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 um, switch flip sometimes um, for that group. Let's let's talk about the women's team because unlike the men, they were able to knock Creighton off and get that first win over the <laughs> Blue Jays in what five games, six games. Five, they'd lost five in a row. It's right. Amy Williams' first win over Creighton as Nebraska as Nebraska's coach, um, and they got two made baskets in the fourth quarter. Right. They were up, what, 55-46 or something? two baskets in the fourth quarter. Also had um, some free throws not going in. Creighton did everything perfect. They started the the free throw bonanza like halfway through the fourth quarter and were making just enough shots, cut it all the way down to three with under 20 seconds to go. Man. And then just did Hybe got the the free throws made it five fantastic job this team is so much fun to watch um, they've got the two games over a hundred points the other one they got to eighty eight and then you get the sixty seven sixty two win over Creighton that has been the bugaboo for your team mm-hmm. um, the last several years and think about it, still made the the tournament in twenty eighteen but had the first loss of the year to Creighton yeah. so. Now you're in a pretty good spot. You've got a, a game. I believe they got a game coming up today. Um, yeah, they're they're playing today. It, it's it's an earlier game. I think it's at like noon. Um, yeah, they're they're playing at noon today against North Carolina Central. Then this next weekend they head off to California where they'll play Drexel on Friday. Right. Um, and then whether it's San Diego or Fresno State, so basically on the win or lose on Friday, we'll have that game here on Saturday um, following the men's basketball game. So much fun to watch. You've got Jazz Shelley who is just amazing on the ball. Then your other Aussies, Izzy Bourne did not shoot well the other day, mm-hmm. um, but she played defense really well and she rebounded and she found other ways to impact the game. Sam Hybe got 9 of her 15 points at the free throw line. Um, and then you've got just Bella Cravens grabbing boards. Alexis Markowski is going to be a very special Nebraska basketball player. Yes. They're, um, they're lucky that they got that offer to her when they did because missing and, out on and her got her to flip. A, yes. Yeah, yeah. She, she is going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next four years in a Husker uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. She's, she's bringing a lot of energy on the floor, too. She's definitely uh, got the I'm, I'm going to play hard because Nebraska is where I want to be 
that's the type of mentality she's got. And being a legacy certainly feeds. I'm going to say too. this team is 11 and two or 12 and one by the time 2022 starts. It'd be a good non-con uh, slate, that's for sure. Uh, we'll see what. Both the men's and women's teams can do this weekend. Again, the women play today, men play tomorrow. Uh, we come back, volleyball. They had senior night last night. Dream crushing Penn State and Russ Rose's white binder, <laughs> just like Jack Mitchell wanted. Uh, we'll touch on volleyball right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Oh, please don't. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. <laughs> Tonight was supposed to be senior night for volleyball. Ended up being last night. Yes. And they they paid it off, but, you know, I mean, it's kind of disappointing. You lose a match, and a match that you were probably going to win uh, easily, well, more easily than Penn State, although still swept Penn right. State. Right. I mean, when, when you talk with folks and you can get that senior night and you get a sweep of Penn State, that feels pretty good. Reason, Absolutely. For those that hadn't heard yet, the reason for today's match against Rutgers being called off due to non-COVID illness within the Scarlet Knights program. Um, so that does count very different than what those COVID cancellations were a year ago. This does count as a forfeit in the standings um, and puts Nebraska half a game up in first place um, on Wisconsin. And Wisconsin will play Minnesota tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nebraska's got uh, a couple of matches left this season where you are in the driver's seat yeah. for the Big Ten Conference. But you go on the road. To a couple of ranked teams. Wisconsin on Friday. Purdue on Saturday. But every opportunity is in front of you. Because you went and swept... Um, what was Penn State ranked? 15th? 15th. 15th, yes. And you get not just a senior night win, but that is a big win at home um, to really propel you into these last two. Um, today counts as a victory. You're a half game up in the league, everything is in front of you. If you would have told this team, hey, these other teams are going to have a chance to play some of their games, but with a week to go in the season, you are a half game in first place. You're not tied for first place. That very likely could happen tomorrow. Um, So once we get to Monday, it could be a tie for first place. But Nebraska's in sole possession of first by a half game right now with a week to go. That's like when we were talking about, think about Nebraska baseball. You got into the last week of the season, you're like, hey, if Michigan loses here, Nebraska can win, and then, then you don't have to play this other game. And then the Big Ten tried to add in some other games in the midweek, and everyone lost their minds, um, rightfully so. But this is where you are. This is what this team was built for with the experimentation of the lineup through the non-conference season. With losing three non-conference games in the ro- in a row for the first time in my lifetime, yeah, like that's why Coach John Cook did that. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. That's why he has national championships. As Jack Mitchell would say, he plays five D chess constantly. <laughs> you had Lauren Stiverance come back two games into the conference season. You've had Lexi Sun reemerge as the starter on this offense or on the outside. Nicklin Hames had four blocks last night. Yes. Your setter had four blocks last night. Kayla Caffey is having her best season in college. Well, that right there, that's four of your five seniors. Mm-hmm. Callie Schwarzenbach, um, until Lauren Stiverens returned, was vital 
absolutely vital. And she's still getting her moments out there going in when things aren't going right. Your five seniors are so, as much as it's so much fun to talk about what that class came in was, and then next year you've got, um, you've got Maddie's younger sister coming in. Yep. That's all super fun to talk about. But this team is led and dominated by those five seniors, three of which will have the option to return next year in Hames, Caffey, and Schwarzenbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Lexi and Lauren used their extra year to come back this year. This team is so exciting to watch because of the passion. We talked about Nebraska men's basketball. you got to have the guys bring the passion out there and, and the fire and the energy. You don't worry about that with this women's team. When If, you get, if anyone hasn't watched the replay of Nicklin Hames getting that block, um, don't try to read her lips. That's not safe for work. <laughs> we couldn't try to read that out over the air. But there is all kinds of energy that happens within that team. That fires everyone else up. That's one of the beautiful things about volleyball when you watch the players that aren't in. They're all doing the different celebrations, and they're just excited as everyone else. That's what this team is, and and I'm glad we got to have a senior night where they swept Penn State. They'll get at least one more match. They're going to host a regional. Um, We'll just see how high up they're able to get. I don't think they'll be high enough to get to the regional final being at home. Um, But it was a good win against Penn State. Go beat Wisconsin and Purdue. Who knows? Maybe some other teams lose, and you're able to jump high enough up when when that committee comes out with where you're at going into the tournament. But there will be the regional coming to Lincoln. I'm excited for these seniors to go and get that. There's obviously decisions to be made, just like all the other sports, but um, for Lexi and Lauren to not really have that opportunity of a senior night a year ago, to have that in front of this crowd for Penn State, that was so much fun to see. Yeah, no doubt. And and look, earlier this season when Nebraska got beat by Wisconsin, you looked up at the standings, they had the one loss to, Mich- to not Michigan, Maryland, and I don't know about you, but I didn't see them coming back to the pack, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The fact that Nebraska is actually right there and, and frankly controls their own destiny in terms of the Big Ten championship race uh, is is something that I didn't see coming. And so the fact that they have that option, they have that ability to to, to hold it in their own hands and, and go out and take it, uh, you look at the standings coming into this weekend, it was Wisconsin-Nebraska and then Purdue-Penn State-Minnesota at 12-4 and four, <laughs> uh, with Wisconsin-Nebraska 13-3 and three each. So those are four of those five teams, one of them's yourself, and then you're playing the other three to finish out the regular season. <laughs> you already took down Penn State in a sweep on senior night, and now you have a chance to go out and win a Big Ten championship. Uh, you couldn't ask for more if if you're in that position. That and and you Cook. beat Purdue in four at home, and, and you got swept by Wisconsin at home. Both of these on the road. Go take it from them in their houses. Yeah, do it. What, what better way to, like, it's fun to win at home. Go take the championship from them at their house. Go win a Big Ten Volleyball Championship, you cowards. Do it. Dream crush season. All right, Nebraska and Wisconsin, 2.30 kickoff, 10.30 pregame. Uh, stick right here. You've got the, the Trev Alberts interview from earlier this week coming right up, uh, and then the picks from yesterday's tailgate show. Next week, remember, it is the big Iowa reaction show right here <laughs> on the KLIN Husker Hour, the seventh annual. Come right here after the Iowa game. When we come back, the season's going to be over. Unless. Unless. They're 5-7 and seven with that APR, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, that's it. Go get your shot. Go Big Red.